podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. back it is scott featuring chauncey bosco who is circling the wagons as i record this trying to make his push to be my full-time co-host and walk in the footsteps of mina kimes and her dog lenny becoming the second human and dog hosted podcast out there in the sports space i gotta be honest i don't know how much he would bring to the table but as he walks around nervously panting because i won't let him kill all the squirrels when we go on our walks i I just don't know if he's going to get it done and become the next full-time co-host of bosco's boys but he's gonna try uh, but I, I will say that I'm planning on having a Wednesday episode this week to get some more voices covering K-State sports. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into it in case it doesn't happen. But again, this will be one of those weeks in the offseason where we will have two shows. Um, you know, As long as there's content to create, as long as there's stuff to talk about, we will... Uh, you know, work. There will always be a Monday show, but there will be some weeks, and this will be one of them, where we do get a second show this week on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm excited for. I'm always excited to talk K State sports. Always excited to talk to you, the Boneheads, the greatest fans in all of the podcasting world. Uh, If you're listening to this on Monday the 4th, April 4th, absolutely nothing going on in the state of Kansas in athletics. There's nothing to talk about except for K-State. I can't imagine why anyone in the state, the region, would talk about anything associated with Kansas Collegiate Athletics if it isn't talking about K-State sports. I mean, there's nothing else going on today. So I'm going to do what I do best, or at least what I have garnered a very tiny following doing and that's talking k-state sports there were two major uh news stories that happened k-state news stories that happened after uh my conversation with gene taylor (laughs) you know i uh i i I wish that they would have happened a little earlier so i could have touched on them with uh, athletic director gene taylor but if you haven't go back and listen to that Um, I might touch on one of those things, depending on how long this goes, at the very end of the show. Uh, But, you know, in in the meantime, the the two big things I want to talk about are Nigel Pack leaving and the NIL Collective being formed, uh, the Cat's Den. At least I believe that's what it's called. I I believe it's called the Cat's Den. 
being run by two former K-State Wildcat football players, Curry Sexton and Aaron Lockett. And I will let you guys know I am attempting to get one of them on uh, in the coming weeks to talk about, yes, the Wildcats Den, the first uh, NIL collective to support K-State athletes. Uh, so th- those will be the two things I talk about. We're going to start with uh, Nigel Pat, and, and then here, just in fresh off the presses, K-State baseball gets their first Big 12 win, beating number nine Oklahoma State 7-2. to So they're off the goose egg when it comes to Big 12 play. Disappointing start for big to Big 12 play for the Batcats, but, you know, I think they have uh, Texas Tech and then Texas. So, again, the opportunities for quality wins are there, and if they can string together a few wins and get some momentum, uh, we'll, we'll get some Batcat coverage going on here as well. Before we talk about the pack and just kind of the overall fan reaction to the news of Nigel Pack deciding to leave, um, got to talk about our great sponsors. First off, ColorCast. Had a lot of fun on ColorCast last Wednesday. Um, and again, since we're in the off season, we're going to be going live on ColorCast every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m., we will be going live over on ColorCast, uh, having fun. You know, we, we talked, I mean, it's funny because we, we talked about the whole roster situation. And of course, we didn't know that Nigel Pack wasn't going to be around. But we talked roster situation. We talked a little bit of spring football. I'm going to start to have one off uh, off topic or kind of, you know, off-season related question every night as well to discuss. So I, I'm, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we did live shows all last year in the off-season, and they really were some of the most fun I've ever had doing this podcast or doing live shows with the Boneheads. Uh, for the time being, it is still just on the app, just on ColorCast, but in the coming weeks, hopefully by end of May, early June, or maybe maybe early May. I don't know. You know, the, those tech people are way smarter than me. We'll have those shows to publish so we can get back to publishing those live shows on Fridays. And then also sports, or uh, well, of course, Sports Drink. We're affiliated with Sports Drink. But Athletic Greens, guys, I literally, I, I wake up, I shake in my Athletic Greens, I chug it down. And again, since, since I got my care package from them, I, I've never felt better. Again, they have every single vitamin that you can want. They have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, everything to start your day right. Again, especially while all these allergies are popping up, get your, get your athletic greens, drink them down, and be on your day. Let's kill it this spring. Also, if you go to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink, you're going to get five free travel packs with your first purchase. I use those travel packs whenever I'm, you know, going to visit my family in Topeka, going down to hang out with my buddies in Wichita. I'm not going anywhere without my or without my travel packs. And you get a free year supply of vitamin D supplement droplets. Again, get over to athleticgreens.com 
com slash sports drink. All right, let's talk Nigel Pack. First off, it caught me off guard. It caught me a little off guard. I was tipped off to it a little bit before it happened, probably a few hours before it happened. Um, and, and it did catch me off guard. You know, K-State on two different occasions trotted Nigel Pack Marquise Noel, Ish Masood out there to talk to the media. Nigel Pack had shared some Jerome Tang stuff on social media. So I was definitely caught off guard. But I think, because I, I, I know I'm not the only one who was caught off guard, but I, I, think, I think everyone should have seen a few warning signs beforehand. Now I, I I was called crazy. I, I was I was told to just kind of calm down, relax by a few people when I said uh, in a couple different group chats that I thought that Nigel Pack no longer was a for sure thing for next year. When I started seeing some of these guards in the transfer portal that K State was targeting, you know we we've targeted uh, quite a few like six foot and under guards. Um, and that came a little uh, shocking to me because if you look at Baylor, while they've in the past, they've been able to play uh, three smaller guards and get them all a serviceable amount of minutes. I, w- I was just a little shocked by the f- pure volume. I think there were like three different guys that they offered all within a 36 hour time frame. And it raised the red flag to me, and a lot of folks are like, oh, no, nothing to worry about. That that was the first one. And then the second one, and I want to give a shout-out to Kellis Robinette, K-Dog at the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle, because he tweeted this, and nobody really picked up on it um, when he did speak to the media, I think the first or second time um, after the hire was made. He made two comments about how everyone on that roster – came to K-State to play for Bruce Weber. And they were very emphatic comments, and he made a couple mm-hmm. other comments uh, that time or time around as well. And at the time, I was just like, eh, you know, it makes sense. It's not, it's not like the craziest thing to say because to an extent, it is all true. To an extent, it's very true. Those guys, and, and you know, you like to think that no player is you know, choosing to come because of just one coach. As a K-State fan, as a K-Stater in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they, they want to wear the purple. They're, you know, they fell in love with Manhattan. They love the history of the K-State basketball program, all this type of stuff. But at the end of the day, especially in modern college athletics, all these guys are coming because a coach sold them on a place. And if a coach leaves, it's easy to just bounce. Now, Nigel himself, he said stuff about how, oh, he can't wait to be dancing with his teammates next year, and, oh, he wants to go down as a K-State legend, all that type of stuff. Now, what is he going to say? You know, I mean, if, if, he, if he was still thinking about things, if things weren't completely made up in his mind, of course you're going to say stuff. You want to continue to be a fan favorite and all that type of stuff, but it does come off as a little bit disingenuous. You know, the days of, you know, Cartier Martin sticking around through all these 
or Clint Stewart. Clint Stewart played for three different coaches in three years at K-State. The days of that in college athletics are long gone. They're long gone. Dejon Gordon's going to be playing for his third team in three years. You know, this is the modern college basketball, and it is never going, it's the modern college sports, and it's never going to go back. I'm not going to sit here, rant and rave about, oh, the good old days of college athletics, and then, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. I think eventually we're going to see some changes to the transfer portal. I think there might be some new rules put in place, but it's never going back. I don't know if it should be. You know, I, 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 you think back to all the drama surrounding different coaches trying to block transfers and hold kids hostage and former scholarship players having to walk on for, uh, you know, 18 months because their previous school didn't release them from their scholarship. And I'm not saying that that was a good thing. It wasn't. But a lot of the romance and a lot of the fun surrounding college basketball is, is dead. And it's the same thing with college football. You know, the the days of, you know, sitting around and being like, oh man, that guy's still here. You know, the Perry Ellis jokes, the, you know, Skylar Thompson jokes, the hopefully the the Deuce Vaughn jokes, you know, all all these things about how, oh, so-and-so is still there. Oh my gosh. Well, those are going to be few and far between. Because it's... It's so easy to transfer. Now, you, you, you've you seen it, and, and we're at a pretty high level. You know, I, I think currently, as I record, the only scholarship players still at K-State are Casey Eziagu, Davion Bradford, Logan Landers, Maximus Edwards, Marquise Noel, and Ish Masood. Now, I think there is a very good chance you see a lot of those names still go. I'm not going to speculate or say who I want to cut or anything like that. I'm, that's, that's not what I'm going to do here today. But it's not anything too crazy now. You know, LSU lost every single scholarship player on their team. Murray State, the entire team, walk-ons included, entered the transfer portal after their coaching change. Again, this is modern college basketball. You make a coaching change, I guarantee more times than not, the best player on that team is going to leave. And you're going to see at least 50%, if not more, of the scholarship guys leave. K-State isn't special in that sense. And I, I, I see a lot of people who are criticizing Jerome Tang for either not finding a way to retain Nigel Pack or saying this is the reason why you should have kept Shane Southwell on the staff. I mean, there's two things I want to touch on there. Jerome Tang and I think Coach Dowling as well were scheduled to go to Indianapolis to meet with Nigel Pack's family. Now, those two guys were in New York City and met with Ishmael's family and met with Marquise Noel's family. Next on that list was supposed to be Nigel Pack's family. 
Nigel Pack's family and Nigel canceled that scheduled sit-down less than 24 hours from when it was supposed to happen. Nigel Pack doesn't want to be at K-State anymore. I know he put in his letter, oh, I'm still going to consider K-State. No, he's gone. I don't think, and again, I'm not going to elaborate because it is a little bit of hearsay, but I don't think the reaction by some of the guys who are planning on being around and the coaching staff really was very happy with the way Nigel went about that. You know, it's his business. He can go about things however he wants to. But I don't think that he has a lot of friends left back at K-State going about the way he did, if some of the chatter is to be believed. So I, I have a hard time believing, and, and again, let, let me preface this by saying I love Shane Southwell, and I think that one day he is going to be a Power 6 head coach. I, I, I think that highly of Shane Southwell. I think he is going to do big things in the coaching world. But all these K-State fans now trying to say, oh, this is why you keep Shane Southwell on staff. Oh, this is why he should have been kept around. You know, I think Shane would have been great on this staff. But at the end of the day, you have to, you don't have to. But I believe in Coach Jerome Tang, and I, I believe in Gene Taylor, and I believe in the decision makers in the athletic department, that they're going to empower their head coach to do whatever he sees fit to win and not force him to carry someone on his staff that he probably that he doesn't want in that position all to maybe appease a player. And again, if if Nigel Pack is going and his family are going to cancel a visit with Coach Dowling and Coach Tang less than 24 hours before it was supposed to happen, what makes you think that they would have been like, oh, okay, well, you know, Shane's sticking around, so okay, it's fine. We'll stick around. I have a hard time believing that, which then kind of makes all this weird kind of meltdown of K-State fans directed at Jerome Tang seem just like that, a weird, a stupid meltdown. Nigel Pack was a great player. He had he had an all-Big 12 season. You know, if he would have stuck it out, and if he would have de- did what he said he was going to do, what he said to fans, what he said a couple times out in the media before he decided to transfer that he really wanted to be a K-State legend, I believe he could have. But he is not going, he was never going to be the reason why this team went to the NCAA tournament either in 2023 or 2024. The future, the next two years of K-State basketball were never going to be about Nigel Pack. Now, Nigel Pack could have played, could, could have been a part of that. 100%. And I don't see any sort of world where Nigel Pack sticks around and he's not a starter. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to take away from the quality of player that Nigel Pack was. But if this team is going to get back to postseason play, if this team is going to get back to March Madness, if this team is going to get back to dancing, CBS, one shining moment, all that type of stuff, it was never going to be about Nigel Pack. It was going to be about what type of dudes Jerome Tang, Malagy, and Dowling can bring in. And whoever the third assistant's going to be. And Chief of Staff Marco Bourne. Shout out, Marco. But it was never going to be about Nigel Pack. It was never going to be because of Nigel Pack. 
Nigel Pack statistically had a historic sophomore season for K-State. And we still ended up below 500. Again, it was never, the, the next two seasons were never going to be about Nigel Pack. It was always going to be about how many dudes, the caliber of dudes, the change of culture that Jerome Tang was going to bring and build. Now, I'm not going to go as far as some folks to completely trash the culture that Bruce Weber had in his final few years. I'm not going to do that. Because I, I do think that there was a lot of passion, a lot of heart, and they really wanted to win. But obviously something wasn't going right. And Jerome Tang, if you listen to any of his interviews before he became the head coach at K-State, after he became the head coach of K-State, he has a very specific culture, a very specific vision for K-State. And he's a smart man, and he knows basketball, and he was around the greatest turnaround in college basketball history from day one. So the next two years were never going to be about mm-hmm. Nigel Pack. It was always going to be about the dudes they bring in. And now they have a lot of dudes to go get. And I understand the anxiety as I record this. You haven't brought in anyone new. And you lost your only first team all Big 12 sophomore. Like, (laughs) since the Big 8 days, I believe. You know? I get it. I understand the anxiety. I'm a little anxious too. I want to see some folks come in. But there's only one guy who, who has come off the board that they've offered. The long the, the kid who was a guard for Longwell or Longwood is going to Georgia. The transfer portal is moving. All the decisions are moving a little slower. They're moving a little further back than what they were last year. I'm not worried. I think they're working pretty hard behind the scenes too to maybe pull off a surprise or two with the high school recruiting class of 2022. Can they get any of those surprises done? I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But again, they're still in in the race for every single guy that they're targeting in the transfer portal except for one. I'm not panicking. And I'm not going to take any of my confidence away from Jerome Tang because Nigel Pack decided to leave. Now let's see who they bring in. I might be a little frustrated that they weren't able to do a little bit more in the transfer portal. But again, we're nowhere even close. We're not even close to seeing what the roster for next year is going to look like. I mean, hell. There's like five or six guys currently on scholarship. Of those, I mean, I'm only counting on two of them. And as we saw with Nigel Pack leaving, I you know, anything can happen. So I and I'm just gonna briefly touch on this and I'm not gonna even call him by name. But there's a, a certain disgraced, fired former Kansas City sports talk host who is now in the podcasting world. Not only does he talk about Sports, but he, he, he is just as dis- uninformed about politics as sports. 
Some would say he has issues. I think he has a lot of issues. But his continued slandering of Jerome Tang only proves that there are some hacks in this world who will say anything for social media attention, anything for attention in sports talk radio, even though he's not even on sports talk radio. He couldn't even get a job back in sports talk radio. So he took his horrible takes to the podcasting world. And as a fellow podcaster, he's a hack. Don't give people like this the attention. And I did it. You know, I'm a hypocrite. I quote tweeted it. I called him a clown. Many people did. That's only giving him the reaction that he wants. The guy's a hack. And anyone who tries to say that Jerome Tang and the staff that he has so far assembled isn't worthy and deserving of this shot at K-State, it shows that you have a lot of other... Let's just say agendas at hand. We're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to leave it at that. All right, the, the other big news that dropped this week is, like I said, the Cats Den NIL Collective. Before we do again... I just want to say, I hope everyone downloads the ColorCast app, joins me Wednesday night, 7 p.m. to chat. Hopefully we get some basketball recruiting news, maybe a little football recruiting news. Never know, it might drop in the next three days. We'll have an off-topic question. I'm not sure what that question is going to be yet, but we're going to have fun. It's one of the most fun hours every week. So join us, ColorCast, 7 p.m. And I think we get someone from every single time zone in the continental U.S. I think we have the Eastern time zone. I know we have God's time zone in the Central. We have a couple mountain boys, and we got Callie, Mike, and some others holding it down in the Pacific time zone. So join us. Also, join me with my daily dose of Athletic Greens, go to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, it is the perfect way to start your day. Get all 75 vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics. And one little scoop, shake it up, put a little ice in there, chug it down. Athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. And you get five free travel packs so you can take it to Manhattan to chug down before a football game or basketball game next year, next seasons. And a year supply of the vitamin D droplets. I drop a couple in my gallon of water every day, shake it up, drink it down. Folks, I've never been healthier in my life. Or at least my adult life. I think I was probably healthier as a teenager. But it's fine. All right, let's talk about this NIL collective i talked about the transfer portal changing college sports forever well nil definitely has nil has definitely changed college sports forever now originally the idea of name image and likeness i was fine with i i I really was I think these student athletes should be able to do sponsored Instagram posts, social media stuff, sign an autograph deal, 
do some appearances, get paid for doing a football camp, all that type of stuff. I was fine with it. But as surprise to absolutely nobody, it really did become basically pay for play. You know, there's one of these NIL collectives set up down in Texas. I think Texas, the University of Texas has like 10 of these things. 10. Like one of them said, oh, Every single scholarship offensive lineman at the University of Texas is going to get $10,000. That's not paying someone for their name, image, and likeness. That's not. That is not what this rule was set up to do. But here we are anyways. There's a piece in The Athletic, and full disclosure, I didn't read it. I'm not a subscriber to The Athletic. Because they tried to kill the Big 12. Fuck the athletic. But there are stories floating out there that there's a five-star quarterback who is going to get an $8 million NIL deal. Again, that's not what this was meant to be. And it sucks. I get it. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I like that, you know, Nigel Pack, he was selling his Push and Pack t-shirts. And guess what? K-State fans, some of the K-State fans who bought them are mad about that. Again, it is what it is. I'm fine with them selling t-shirts with their name, with their face on. Echo Boydo has some pretty fire gear. Skylar Thompson had some pretty fire gear. I like that they're able to sell that. I like that they're able to do sponsored uh, Instagram posts. uh, Able to show up in national and print ads. Like, Aoka Lee has three national deals. She has a deal with Degree, H&R Block, and Academy Sports. I think that is awesome. I, I even think it's fine that, you know, players get free leases on cars. I don't, as long as they show up in commercials for those, that's fine. But the NIL collectives are not really set up for that. But here's the thing, folks. Even if I don't like it, even if a lot of you don't like it, that's what K-State needs to stay involved in the game. I said it. The University of Texas has 10 different ones of these. There's tons of them in the SEC. There's a few, like, there are a bunch in Florida. You know, you see a tweet like once a week that one of these collectives have built up an arsenal of like a million dollars. You need these to be in the game. And if you don't know how important this is, the announcement of the Cat's Den NIL Collective, the creation of that, it was retweeted by Jerome Tang. It was retweeted by Chris Kleiman. It was retweeted by Taylor Bratt. It was retweeted by assistant coaches. It is important in modern college football and basketball recruiting that these guys know, these recruits know, if you come to K-State, here we have this collective. We can play ball. We are in the big league. So while I may not like it, I, I, I say a lot of you may not. There are a ton of you. I know there are a ton of you who think that, hey, doesn't matter. Pay to play. Get it out in the open. Get these players what, they're, what it's worth. That's fine. I, I'm not going to argue against it. You know, the, the days of, you know, you do it for the letter jacket and the scholarship, 
Those are long gone. Now, I think that there probably should be a very real conversation about the, com- the, the value of the scholarship, the value of the stipends that they have been getting an in increase every single year, the value of everything that you get as a scholarship athlete, especially at a power school, especially when folks say, oh, they're not getting anything. Now, today may not be, today's not that day. Today's not the day I'm going to have that conversation. But I do think uh, that it isn't some, oh, you know, they're finally getting their money. Well, Yes, they're, they're finally getting outside money. And they're, I have, I, I don't, I'm not going to fight it. I don't know if I'm going to donate to the collective. You know, I, I made a joke from the Bosco's Boys account that, oh, maybe we should do our own collective. Well, there's a lot of legal stuff. There's a lot of accounting stuff. There's a lot of eligibility rules that go into this. And that's why I'm glad that this collective at least is being run or at least there's involvement from Aaron Lockett, who is now a sports agent and his agency deals in NIL representation as well as some pro sports, but they're in the NIL business from the uh, student athlete side of things, the student athlete representation side of things. And Curry Sexton's a lawyer who has been doing pretty damn good for himself uh, for a young lawyer. So I at least am very happy that the this NIL co- like collective, which, which is very important for K-State's recruiting, you know, don't be surprised that once this thing launches, you might see some big recruiting wins. And don't fool yourself. You're not going to be involved for some of these high four-star recruits or these national recruitments if you don't have one of these NIL collectives. So again, I'm, I'm happy it's, it's, it's going on. But there are questions that are going to be asked. And I do think that before you donate to some of these things, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Because again, I, I, I'm hoping to get one of them on to ask some of these questions to figure out, okay, where, where's going to be the accountability with some of the donations? How are they going to use them? All this type of stuff. But for the future of KSA Athletics, this thing being well-funded, this thing being well-run, this thing collecting and getting those collectives to have a war chest so you can go after a handful of recruits a year to keep some of your better athletes in town, is so important. It is very important. Without it, you're you're, you're not going to be a player. And again, I, I've said that a few times, but despite whatever your feelings are towards NIL, what your feelings are towards these collectives, because again, there there are quite a few folks, and I'm not going to tell them they're wrong that don't like what NIL has turned into, and are very weary of collectives that you you don't have a lot of visibility to some of this stuff once you donate to it there's going to be some crazy stories about fraud that come out about some of these nil collectives over the next three five years whether tax fraud whether misrepresenting how much are going to athletes i'm sure there are going to be a couple student athletes who are going to get screwed on the eligibility side because of NIL collectives. All of those are valid concerns. 
but don't let it get lost. Whether or not the collective is the reason for a recruit coming or not, whether it's the collective actually paying them or not, sending a signal out to every single recruit, giving the coaches that tweet to say, hey, look, we're in the game. Hey, look, not officially affiliated with K-State, but hey, it's the Cats then. We got two former football players involved. We're going to make sure that we can be a player in NIL. That's going to be worth its weight in gold. And if it's successful, if it's well run, and if folks donate to it, it could be a game changer. It could. So like I said, here in a couple weeks, I'm going to try to get Curry Sexton or Aaron Lockett or someone from the Cats Den on to ask some of these questions about how, how the money's going to be distributed, how they're going to uh, you know, show what money goes into overhead, how much it goes to actual student athletes, all types of I'm going to ask those questions because I do think it's important. But I also do, like I've said, like 17 times now, I think it's very important that it is out there. So yeah, those are the two big pieces of news that came out last week. Now, I'm hoping to get some folks on midweek to talk about what is going on in the basketball recruiting, what's going on in football recruiting, because I think there's some very exciting stuff, especially in the world of football recruiting. The Ad Astra All-Stars is what I'm calling them. 12 high major prospects in the state of Kansas. K-State's involved with over half of them. I think things are trending pretty good for two of the biggest names amongst that group. I'm going to try to get someone on to talk about that. Also, rebuilding this basketball. No, sorry, elevating this basketball roster as well. But I'm going to end on this. And we haven't talked about it much on the show But it goes to the interview I had with Gene Taylor. And also part of it goes back to some of the shows I've done with the 1012 Network, Philip Slavin. And it comes to what the future scheduling for football and basketball specifically look like. And the future of the conference championship games. All that type of stuff. Now, I asked Gene Taylor about the process of those scheduling, and then the conversation of divisions versus no divisions came up. And I do want my position very clear for folks out there. I think the biggest thing I'm going to miss from this current version of the Big 12 isn't going to be playing Oklahoma and Texas. Quite frankly, in any given year in basketball, neither one of those teams I mean, are ever, oh, I need to make sure I'm in Bramlage for that game. I don't really care. Yeah, those are big games during football season, but, you know, I want to beat Iowa State. I want to beat KU. I'm going to Stillwater every time we're playing them. You know, I, we have a fun little rivalry with West Virginia. Finally, we are able to get one back from them. So while, yes, that's going to hurt the bottom line, I'm not. it's not going to bother me too much never playing them. I don't care. 
But what I'm going to miss big time is double round robin in basketball and round robin in football. I hate that that is going away. I understand why they're adding up to 12 teams. I understand you have to do everything you can to maximize that media deal. But that is what set the Big 12 apart from all these other conferences. It's what created the greatest basketball scheduling, conference basketball scheduling in the history of college basketball. It's amazing. And it it was so much fun playing everyone in football and getting a true one versus two in the conference championship game. You know, I I, I know Iowa State fans fucking hate it so much because their grandest season of all in, in the COVID year, which doesn't even count, I don't even recognize that COVID year, Robbed them of their chance of being able to finally call themselves Big 12 champions. And then they followed that season up with the biggest laughing stock of all time. I tell you what, if we wouldn't have blown that game, we missed our opportunities. Man, they could have been on the verge of missing a freaking bowl game if we would have gotten it done. But I digress. I'm going to miss that. And I think... Things are going to absolutely suck. Suck. The scheduling is going to suck. Once we go have the season of 14 teams, if that does come to fruition, or even back to 12. Now, I I think the way to minimize things, basically here, it's two basic ideas. As Chauncey is shaking around and people can hear his call. The first thing it sounds like they're going to do, they're they're one of two. Gene Taylor made it pretty clear that they're going to go for nine conference football games, which I think nine conference games with the one power five game in the non-con, I think that is the best schedule for football. I think you need to go to 20 basketball games, conference basketball games. I think that is the right number. But Gene Taylor in that show said that it sounds like 18 is going to be the number they stick with. I hope they backpedal on that a little bit. I really do. Um, But I'm not going to hold my breath. It sucks. And I think that would be a mistake. But it sounds like that's where it is. I hope they change their mind. Sounds like they're not finalizing things until the end of next month. But where I'm encouraged, because it sounded like all the momentum was working on divisions, working on breakouts of how divisions are going to work. But Gene Taylor did say that is not decided. He did say that there is a world where there would be protected rivalries and not divisions. I desperately want that. Desperately want that. First off, I think that because of the one versus two, the true one versus two, it's made the Big 12 championship game in football way better. Way better. And yes, you have the opportunity for rematches. Yes, I understand all that. But it's only put Big 12 teams in position to better their resume at the end of the season. Because you know you're going to get a quality game. Look at the bullshit that happens up in the Big Ten. 
look what usually happens, what used to happen in the ACC with Clemson. I think the Clemson dynasty is over, by the way, but maybe we'll save that for another show. A lot of the times, they're laughers of SEC championship games. Or not SEC, of conference championship games elsewhere. Because of unbalanced divisions. So that's the first reason. The second reason is, is divisions just aren't fun. I don't care about playing, like, again, whether it's two predicted rivalries or three, I don't care about playing anyone every single year except for Iowa State, KU, then if you give me a third, Oklahoma State. You know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't care if I'm in a division with Houston or BYU. I don't care about any of that. Especially with a nine-game schedule, things are just going to get wonky. There's no good way to do it. There's no good geographical way. There's not like, oh, we're going to keep the Texas. No. There's no, there's no reason for divisions. Especially since you've lost your geographic footprint. BYU is truly on an island. West Virginia and Cincinnati are coupled together, but you try to say, oh, yes, South or Central Florida is out there too. No, they're not. No, they're not. There's no need for divisions anymore. And if the NCAA is going to be handing out waivers, then just take them. Let's keep one versus two. Let's set up a three rivalry games that you play every single year no matter what. And that way, you get to play a team every uh, every year, every other year. You know, I, I, I think it is simple. I think it is simple. I don't think divisions are the way to go. I don't. I would love to hear what you guys think on that topic. Maybe we'll talk about it on the live show. Tweet at me. Who would your three protected rivals be? Would yours be Iowa State, KU, Oklahoma State? Is there another team you'd like to get in there? Maybe it's not a rivalry with anyone else. You don't really have much history, long-term history outside of Oklahoma State and then Iowa State and KU, but maybe, maybe you want to play Cincinnati every year. I know one guy would love to. Shout out to the good chef, Andre Napier, keeping it purple in Ohio. Maybe, maybe you want to play the Mormons up at BYU. Maybe you want them to be a rival. I don't know. But if you could have three protected rivals, who do you want to play every single year in football? Make sure you're playing home and away in basketball every single year. Let me know. Let me know your thoughts on the NIL Collective. Let me know your thoughts on Nigel Pack. Give me any questions or concerns when it comes to football recruiting. Re- elevating the basketball roster. Maybe I'll ask one of our experts about that for the Wednesday show. But above everything, we love you guys. It's another Monday. Literally 
don't think there's anything even remotely worth worrying about or thinking about in this sports wise in this region until the Royals opening day on Thursday. I can't think of a single thing. Nope. Got nothing. So love you guys. Tweet at me. Let's have some fun Wednesday night on Colorcast. Check out Athletic Greens. All right, we love you guys, truly and unconditionally. And then no matter what the time, no matter what the day, Grant is going to be waiting for you at the cat head. All you have to do is go find him. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight, hail alma mater from sea to sea, onward UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Network.